1: Voice America listeners, welcome to my 496th ever show of all-around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIR Sports one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, big news down here in Florida, and two, two sets of big news: of course, Tom Brady's amazing comeback yesterday. But also golf has arrived back in Florida with the Pelican Women's Championship, which is going to feature the strongest field in tournament history. It's slated at the uh, Pelican Country Club in Bel Air, just outside of Tampa, over on the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, again... The field is just amazing. Seven of the top 10 and 16 of the top 25 women's golfers are entered. Um, big names, Nellie Corda, Lydia Ko, Lexi Thompson. They head the field, and uh, there's going to be some Tampa Bay area residents as well, and... Uh, I am covering it all week this week, so really looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, just great to have golf back. Uh, kind of kicks off the golf season that culminates with the uh, famous March swing. Uh, so this will be a great way to uh, get professional golf going here on the Gulf Coast for this season. And uh, a lot of excitement down here. And, yeah. Uh, I am very much looking forward to covering this LPGA event, and it kicked off perfectly yesterday as my highlight of the week will be, of course, Tom Brady becoming Tom Brady again as he injured, uh, engineered a magical 60-yard drive with no timeouts. He did it in 35 seconds. Again, moving approximately 60 yards to beat the defending Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams, who, of course, knocked out the Bucks in that playoff game last January. I was there that day at Raymond James Stadium in attendance. And so it was uh, good payback. The emotion was palpable from Brady, who looked like he... The the old Brady. Uh, I won't even say from 10 years ago. I'll say from a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl down here. Uh, It was palpable from hugging Leftwich, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich uh, on the field immediately following the game uh, to opening his press conference as he bounded up to the podium saying that was awesome and then uh, adding – That was awesome with a little more emphasis, shall we say, and it feels like they may have saved their season. Uh, They're amazingly, despite their woes of the last four or five games, uh, they are now in first place of the woeful uh, NFC South, and... uh, so they're already the, they're not out of it, and in fact, again, they're in first place. So you know, let's not forget if they if they win that division, guaranteed a home playoff game, Uh period. So really, something to aspire to, and just amazing that they can find themselves in this position. But they still had to right the ship, as they say down here, uh, the famous pirate ship, <laughs> um, and it was just. Uh, so good to see. We're just wondering uh, when we're going to see it. Uh, I personally never have any doubt about Brady, as to this day, still a Patriots season ticket holder who had a ringside seat for his entire career, and now I have another ringside seat down here in Tampa. Uh, notable game yesterday on other fronts. Uh, he became the first player ever. Pass 100, 100,000 yards passing for his career in the NFL. Yesterday was his 55th game winning drive and done in the shortest time frame ever 35 seconds. Again, all with no timeouts. It's, it's nothing short of remarkable. We threw 58 passes yesterday. Uh, and he certainly has the Rams uh, to thank for the gift. <laughs> um, you know, as Tony Romo was talking in real time about what couldn't happen. The Rams allowed it to happen. By that, I mean they allowed them to open that drive with a deep pass, getting on the other side of the 50 to tight end Cade Otten, who caught the game winner. And then uh, they allowed them to complete passes on the sidelines. Um, Next thing you know, penalty to Mike Evans, you know, P.I., Pass interference penalty against Mike Evans in the end zone. They're at the one yard line. No timeouts. A couple seconds, whatever, maybe 16 seconds to go thereabouts. When everybody, everybody in America <laughs> and in the stadium knew they could not run the ball, they had to pass the ball. And the Rams just let. Uh, it was a great play call. Fake to Fournette into the line. The Rams looked like they were playing the run. Utterly remarkable. Again. Nobody in America thought thought they might run. They couldn't. They didn't have any timeouts. If it got stopped short, the game would end. And then Cade, uh, Cade Otten, uh, the rookie tight end, just slipped out to the side. Brady hit him. Pretty easy touchdown, all things considered. And that was that. So just a uh, remarkable ending to that game, which was a... Uh, boring game for all intents and purposes barely watchable was just punts after punts and it wasn't uh, great football but the ending was certainly certainly great well my bizarre story of the week is the uh, the apparent demise of Aaron Rodgers or maybe a better word is he seems to be disintegrating before our very eyes throwing two red zone picks and losing to the Lions who, along with the Bears, he has owned throughout his career. It's uh, can't even believe what I'm seeing, and I'm sure I have lots of company around uh, the world of football that can't believe what they're seeing as well. It is just uh, just crazy to um, see Aaron Rodgers uh, playing like this. I think they've lost maybe five in a row uh, again. Things we haven't said, he is doing, setting low records, bad records for things he hasn't done since like his rookie year, which I believe maybe the five losses in a row, I think it is, uh, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, Red zone picks, picks in general, it's crazy. And yesterday was another, you know, just big NFL Sunday, the Jets upset the Bills um, the Jets are for real, and the Bills uh, maybe are not looking, at least not yesterday, quite as formidable as they have. The Patriots, as I referenced earlier, a longtime season ticket holder, uh, they beat the Colts, had nine sacks towing a franchise record, and it just came across the wire that the Colts within the hour, within the past few minutes, literally, have fired Coach Frank Reich. Uh, Matt Ryan, of course, not playing the quarter, this year's quarterback for the Colts. And Sam Ellinger set some all-time low records. He was the former quarterback out there at Texas and filled in yesterday, didn't do great. and uh, And, yeah, so... Uh, He set woeful, horrible offensive numbers. Like, I think his quarterback rating was like 4.8. A good quarterback rating is like 100 (laughs) or more. So uh, Frank Reich accepted responsibility and, uh, you know, had to pay for it. So just kind of crazy there. Um, And, yeah, so... Bad day for the Colts, good day for the Patriots. Um, Chiefs-Titans game last night was great. Patrick Mahomes used his legs to pull that game out over the Titans. Um, Joe Mixon, career day, five touchdowns, four running, one receiving. Uh, unfortunately, in my fantasy league, the my opponent uh, had Joe Mixon who rang up 55 fantasy points. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, But what are you going to do? Dolphins and Tua looking good. Beat the Bears, and Justin Fields had an amazing run during that game. Really, talk about using your legs. Justin Fields is starting to take it next level. So just to close out, my low light of the week is the Philadelphia Phillies losing the World Series after making one of the great postseason runs ever. The crowd was amazing. Bryce Harper was amazing. Kyle Schwarber, also amazing. But uh, they were no hit by, I believe, four Astros pitchers last week, and they never could get back that magic. They were the lowest seed. I think they had 87 wins. Um. So it was really quite a historic run. I grew up in Pennsylvania, so certainly was enjoying watching a Pennsylvania team making that run, but wasn't to be as the Astros uh, won the World Series. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our call-in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football, and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
0: friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America want to play the ponies and win at winning ponies we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers and handicappers On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And when Saturday began, AP, the game of the day was supposed to be Georgia-Tennessee. It was not. Georgia won handily. Uh, And it turned out, by the time the night ended, the game of the day was clearly uh, LSU-Alabama. And you were there. Uh, So we're waiting to hear all about it. It looked spectacular on TV with the LSU overtime victory.
2: Yes, John, I was there for the ball game. It was uh, very low scoring the first half, seven to six, the Tigers led. And then the second half things picked up offensively, uh, both quarterbacks valiantly played for their team. Jaden yep. Daniels, John, that was, I think the fourth game I've seen him play in person. And he has improved so much since the first game. Where really he was running around in the pocket and not sure where to throw the football because everything was brand new in the system. His teammates. So now this uh, this was the uh, was it the ninth, the tenth or the tenth game? Right, ninth or tenth game? I guess it was was the season ninth game. I think it was. So uh, he runs around the pocket. The purpose. And then when he sees an opening, John, he can gallop, And I mean gallop. He high-steps it through that secondary. And that's one of the questions that I actually posed to Nick Saban uh, the week of the ball game. I said, well, you're playing that man-to-man coverage. Your defensive backs need a second eye. He said, well, they're supposed to be watching the receiver. But if he gets by that first level of defense and then the second level of the linebackers, He's going to pose a lot of problems. So he did. He had about 95 yards rushing, 180 yards passing, very efficient, and uh, LSU just uh, was able to uh, tie the ball game up. Uh, you know, Al- Alabama tied it up, and then they went to overtime. Uh, Alabama scored first. Uh, Jaden Daniels ran for a touchdown uh, in the the overtime possession for the for the Tigers. And Brian Kelly was ready with the two point play, and I don't think Alabama sure was uh, really didn't anticipate them trying a two point play.
1: Yeah, well, the background to that, as everybody knows, is that uh, when the season started, uh, first game of the year, Labor Day weekend, I believe Brian Kelly uh, did not go for uh, two. They tie, They were one point down. They tied the game late, uh, as it, at the very end. I think it was against Florida State, if I remember correctly, and
2: Yeah, yeah, they go 99 yards,
1: John. 99 they get, yards, Score right. the touchdown. Right, 99 yards. Get there. They score the touchdown. Down one. They try to kick the extra point. Doesn't go, and Florida State won. And you know, hats off to Brian Kelly. He learned his lesson because the moment uh the you know that situation arose after the 25 yard run by Daniels and uh the LSU quarterback and then yeah you said it perfectly they were just ready to go i was anticipating a two point i wasn't surprised at all when they said it looked like he was going for two and instantly thought of that game opening season game uh so yeah um but that's interesting your observation that they said they were ready to go, and it didn't feel like Alabama was, huh?
2: No, no, and they ran a, a pick play. They had the two receivers on the right side, and they came across towards the left, and then the tied in Mason Taylor, the freshman. You know, that's his is his dad, the uh, Hall of Fame player, Jason Taylor of Akron and the Miami Dolphins and the NFL and some other teams as well. But um, he, he f- flushed out. That safety couldn't catch up, and Jane Daniels hit him in a stride and he lunged for the pile on, and the ball game was over. It was pandemonium on the field, thousands of people oh yeah, you know jumped over the, uh, any, any partition that was around the stadium, any, anything that impeded them, uh, didn't have a chance, and it's just the whole field was, was loaded with LSU fans, and they were excited, obviously so, because this is your first year coach. You're trying to compete in the SEC Western Division. You've taken on Nick Saban, the king of college football, and his Alabama team, and you won in, in a dramatic fashion. So it was it was exciting. It's Saturday night in, in Death Valley.
1: Correct. As good as it gets. Uh, and that field storming was as good as it gets, that's for sure. Um, you, you know, LSU and... Alabama have played, you know, epic games in the last decade or so, and, and certainly before that, um, legendary programs. And, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, refreshing to see. And like you said, Brian Kelly, he was emotional after the game in the post-game interview. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, he's just come a long way. We kind of touched on this last week, how he's – Seemingly changed his temperament, although he was pretty hot at certain points, uh, you know, late in the game. But uh, what football coach isn't, um, you know, in that situation? And uh, so, AP, I know you've been to Baton Rouge, Death Valley on a previous Saturday nights. How did this one rank? Because it really looked pretty unbelievable, actually. Memorable.
2: Yeah, 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 it was a beautiful day. It was in the 60s, John. There was rain in the morning. And then it stopped around noontime, so the field was dry and perfect. And I, I, there didn't seem, seem to be any issues with uh, their, their cleats and the footing, so that was great. You want to see the most speed out there. That's what you train for throughout, throughout the year to be fast. And uh, they just went back and forth. And the quarterbacks, I mean, uh, this is the first time I can remember. I believe it's, this is so, Bryce Young was under fifty percent
1: for the game, twenty-five or fifty-one. Wow! Wow! Yeah. But he again, he you season. know, <laughs> he still showed up when needed. You know, he, he really yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, he, he's pretty amazing. Um, but you know, it just wasn't his night. But you know, he he has nothing to hang his head about. That's for sure. I mean, what's he going to do? Oh. He's he looks so disappointed, but you know, he's. He couldn't stop LSU from go, for going for two and being successful, right? No. I mean, nothing he could do no. about it. No. Nothing he'd do about it. He brought his team to
2: take the lead and, and, yep. and left it in the hands of the defense. And they didn't survive. He did throw an interception in the end zone that were near the goal line, so that would probably would have been a minimum of three points. The Alabama field goal kicker had a pretty good day, four field goals. and. Uh, hmm uh, so, uh, but they didn't get any points on that trip. So looking back, that, that's something that one of the players you think that we could have won the game if we had a touchdown there or we made a field goal another three points.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. Well, he's still the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and he's special, there is no doubt about it. Uh, a couple of tough losses, that combined with the Tennessee loss, is uh, tough to take. Uh, so, A.P., You're someone who's uh, (laughs) been at practically every significant college football venue uh, throughout your media career. How did this one rate? I mean, uh, as far as and, you know, specifically how did you've been to LSU many times? How did this one rate with other LSU games in Death Valley on a Saturday night?
2: Yeah, I think it was one of the best ever, John, because LSU was a team that had two losses yep. in Alabama. Uh, everything was on the line because if you're trying to get back to the college football playoffs, you already have the one conference loss. It's from the team in the Eastern Division, Tennessee. Correct. But of course. You, you're trying to keep, uh, keep at the top because Alabama's got on the road this week, Ole Miss. So you lost to one of the teams that's going to challenge, and they're in the driver's seat right now. LSU, but no, I think it's one of the top games I ever attended there, and I've seen some tight ones. And LSU, yep. John, they, they have to play uh, at Arkansas on the road, host UAB at home, and then Texas A&M on the road, and we know Texas A&M is five straight losses. That's the first time since, maybe, what did they say? Did they say 1970? Was that the date? Yeah, uh, that's about crazy. 50 years. Yeah. Yes. Five straight losses. So, I mean, in Arkansas, lost to Liberty. It Was a ranked team, but we all know that Liberty beat BYU forty-one to fourteen and lost to Wake Forest by one point. They had just had the single loss. The Liberty, the uh, excellent team. And, sure. Uh, I don't know about you, John, but I don't know when you were growing up. You never thought a, a small school in Virginia would be ranked in Virginia.
1: Virginia Tech wouldn't. Exactly. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a world turned upside down. And this whole college football season is, you know, turning upside down. Uh, I would have to say after what went on this weekend, and we'll be getting to all the games after the break, but we're closing in on it. Uh, but anyway, um, I think tomorrow tomorrow night's college football playoff ranking, uh, you know, is kind of bordering on must-see TV. It feels like, you know, there's as much opportunity for shake-up as we know. They put Tennessee uh, at number one last week in their first ranking of the year. And, of course, Georgia uh, showed up and, and showed Tennessee and the rest of the nation who they are as defending national champions. So they really, really brought Hendon Hooker back down to earth. But – I don't, want, I don't want to start because once we get started on that game, we're, we're going to have to give it a few minutes, but we're, we are at the end of our uh, first segment here together, AP, so why don't we take our break now and then we have a few minutes afterwards to focus on that uh, fascinating Georgia-Tennessee game. So don't go anywhere.
3: Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: The Soul Connection with Dr. K., host a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, our soul doctor connects with authors, medical professionals,
0: and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing
1: community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Of Forest this week as The Revolution with Jim and Trav are joined by Dudley Phelps of the Gamekeepers of Mossy Oak for some wildlife management practices. Then Christy Lee Cook with the Most Wanted List will share her 2022 big game pursuits. And Yamaha's Steve Nessel will drop the bomb on big buck takedowns and off-road adventures. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend
3: kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot, Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot, Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice.
1: America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, and A.P., last segment, we... Focused on the fabulous LSU-Alabama game that you covered in Baton Rouge, Death Valley, on Saturday night. But there were some other big games. And going into the day, as I referenced at the beginning of the previous segment, uh, the game of the day looking to be Georgia-Tennessee. Tennessee was ranked number one last week. Georgia, of course, defending national champions. So they played that game like they had a chip on their shoulder that the CFP disrespected them by putting them at number three and Tennessee at number one. And so between the hedges, Hey P, they showed up and uh, sent a strong message to everybody that they haven't, they're not going anywhere this year. That's for sure. They look great, especially Stetson Bennett, the walk on quarterback.
2: Yeah, John, you know, he's been a surprise. I mean, he won the championship last year. He was the MVP in the, in the, um, semifinal game and the final game last year. Right. But he's played uh, very well throughout the season and this was the biggest game of the year, Georgia and Tennessee. Not he had, he was 17, 17 of 25 I think for 200 and about 50 yards or so, a couple of touchdowns. So he led his team to vict- a comfortable victory, but the story of the game was I believe the Georgia defense the way they just shut down that Tennessee offense. It was averaging 50 points a game. They were 2 of wow. 14 on third downs. It's, it's okay. very difficult to win, John, when you have such a low percentage, 2 of 14 on third downs for the, for the Tennessee offense. And I just did not think that they could stop all those very good wide receivers for so many downs. I mean, you thought, yeah, they, they'd have their moments of success, but not just completely just um, put up a stone wall.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they looked like the Georgia defense of last year that was just historic, and felt like half or, half their defense was drafted by the NFL, like in the first round or two, uh, drafted into the NFL, and uh, that defense on Saturday again throttling Tennessee for the first time this year really, and quarterback Hendon Hooker uh, just looked like last year, frankly, and uh, so, yeah, so I think they served notice, and again, I thought Stetson Bennett played great, but you're right, it was the defense that really, uh, you know, dominated that game uh, for Georgia, so uh, the dogs are back, I would say, not that they've gone anywhere, but they're certainly uh, setting themselves up for uh, for a nice run, that's for sure. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, Uh, Georgia... John, they're balanced. You know, they're balanced. I love their tight ends. Oh, yeah. Uh, the receivers, you know, they're capable. Uh, the running backs, offensive line, the, the defense. They, they've sacked uh, Hendon Hooker uh, half a dozen times or so, plus they pressured him. And right. Made, they made him uncomfortable. I mean, that's the whole goal in this era of football, make the quarterback be uncomfortable in the pocket. And Correct. he couldn't even do much damage running the ball. Was, which he normally gets 50, 60, 70 yards, whatever it is, the compliment is excellent. They throwing the football. But uh, they scored with about four-something left. Uh, I think they tried downside kick and, and uh, couldn't get anything done there. But, uh, you know, they had a late, late, late chance if, if things worked their way. When a lot of things would have had to happen. But uh, Tennessee, Tennessee's in, in a good position, John. Yeah, they are. Yeah, because Georgia needs to win out, which I think they will. They have to play a couple of kind of interesting games, though, John, really. Uh, Mississippi State Mm -hmm. over in Starkville. Right. Now, when you play a passing team, John, anything could happen, right? You could fall down in the secondary, miscommunication. It's not like you're running the football and you have to do very well in seven plays driving down the field. It's a missed tackle. A missed assignment. Next thing you know, it's a sixty-yard touchdown. You get a couple of those, and now you're starting to feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know if that will happen, but that's, I'm just saying that as a passing team, I think you have a, actually a better chance. Uh, but we all know that Georgia shut down the, one of the best passing games, and the, the core of receivers as good as anyone has in America. So, and then also they have to play Kentucky on the road. In Lexington, Kentucky, has struggled uh, through the year. They had a, a great victory for them on the road against Missouri. But, right. Uh, you know, have you know have Will Levis, uh, the quarterback, probably be i I'd say, a top draft choice, you know, for a second round. But, sure. But George has to travel to Lexington, and um, then they'll finish up with Georgia Tech in Athens,
1: of course. But two interesting SEC games uh, uh, for the for the Bulldogs. Yeah, and on the road to boot. So those those right. are kind of they, right. those are potentially tricky, uh, but we yes. shall see. Um, and speaking of uh, on the road, uh, Clemson went on the road to Notre Dame and just got walloped. Frankly, AP, I wasn't surprised. They, I felt they were rated higher than they should be. I, I almost felt like it was a bit of a carryover of the program they've been running for so long, traditional. Uh, CFP choice, along with Alabama, and right. I mean Notre Dame just laid one on them. Um, uh, Notre Dame, the team that lost to Marshall in South Bend uh, earlier in the season, right. back in the beginning, right. and uh, so yeah. But uh, again, the uh, Clemson just really got it handed to him like we haven't seen in a long, long time in the Dabo Sweeney era. That's for sure. Yeah, John,
2: um, losing the game at one point, twenty-eight to zip. Right, exactly. Okay, yes. Okay, and um, <laughs> so that that was astounding in and of itself, right?
1: Oh yeah, so uh, that's, that got know, my that attention. Was, that was amazing. I just wasn't shocked by that, AP. I just uh, I, I just felt you know, yeah. game in South Bend, you know, uh, just. Felt like a great opportunity for Notre Dame to really play a statement game this year. Um, And they did. And they did. And I just, again, felt Clemson was good, fine. You know, but Syracuse gave them all they could handle. I watched that game a couple weeks ago down in uh, the other Death Valley (laughs) in Clemson. And, (laughs) you know, Clemson, to their credit, uh, you know, came back and won that game. But... AP, look, I wouldn't be surprised if a quarterback change is the foot down there. The uh, you know the starter just hasn't been getting it done, and and Saturday was a bit of a low point. And Notre Dame is where he first made his name. Um, yes, he did. You know when Trevor Lawrence had COVID and uh, they went to South Bend and he played a great game, but I, I think we may not see him as the starter anymore.
2: Yeah, he had three, four hundred yards against Notre Dame. They lost. I think they put thirty-five or forty up against them, but they You're lost right. the game. But yeah, that was his, his um, essential uh, debut as a it was starter because so Lawrence couldn't play. But exactly. John, when you look at some of the stats, Notre Dame had two people with hundred yards rushing. That's not supposed to happen.
1: Right, (laughs) exactly. Not unless you're Michigan against Penn State. (laughs) I think those guys (laughs) were going back a few weeks here when Michigan ran all over Penn State. But yeah, uh, AP, one team I'm hoping uh, gets some respect because I think they deserve it. Uh, And I'm not alone in this. TCU, I wouldn't mind seeing them make the... Uh, top four tomorrow, and the coaches poll yesterday had them in right. the top four. Right. Um, I right. think they're deserving. Uh, we shall see. But, yeah, I think uh, the football coaches poll that comes out on Sundays had it, number one, Georgia, number two, Ohio State, no surprise, number three, Michigan, number four, TCU. Um, right. and, on, and, and on and on we go from there. But, uh yeah, I, I would like to see TCU, uh, you know, get some respect because I don't think they really were ranked high enough in the first CFP poll last week.
2: Right. Yeah, John, they have uh, challenges ahead as well. They have to play Texas. I believe that game is in Austin. I think that game's in Austin. Mm. And also, also, John, um uh, I think that Baylor is on the schedule as well. So, Those are two tough to games. Play, yeah, and then you have to play the uh, conference championship.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they, so, they're going to have their hands full. Of, it's not easy to go undefeated. <laughs> That's for sure. No,
2: no. Some of, yeah, some of the interesting chapters are still left. At Texas, at Baylor, back to back. Iowa State uh, is the last. That's the home game for them. Then the championship. So, right uh, in Texas and Baylor. That are that's. I mean, you know, the Texas is the uh, flagship university. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so TCU they're going to be fired up to go down to Austin and win that game. Um, anytime you could beat Texas, and you're playing the Big Twelve, and you're a Texas school outside of the University of Texas, it's important to you.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Texas is the big dog. Uh, you know, with the Longhorn Network, uh, they kind of invented, uh, you know, having their own television station, and uh, yeah, and yeah. So no, they're, they're still a dominant force in Texas football, and uh, trying to climb their way back into the national picture, shall we say? And they and they may get there. There's, you know. They're ranked. They're in the top 20, I believe. So right. quality program, and of course. And uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see TCU kind of, uh, you know, just get to, get to number four, hopefully tomorrow night, and then see if they can hold it, because you just pointed out, they, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, well, AP, we've come to the end of this segment. Good discussion as always. Uh, quite the college football weekend. Uh, and we still have a lot more uh, things to get to on the other side.
3: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children and yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop it's the real hollywood though so this program is for adults only behind the scenes can be heard live every friday at 4 p.m pacific time and 7 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel
3: tune in to melody edmondson's the space of the waste radio program
0: We're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: First America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is this Sunday's Tampa Bay Bucks seattle Seahawks game in Munich, as in Germany. It will be the NFL's first ever regular season game in Germany. I, for one, I'm looking forward to uh, Brunch and Brady, (laughs) to say the least, AP. Um, (laughs) It's going to be exciting. Um, Sunday morning. uh, And, of course, Brady with uh, one of his all-time drives yesterday, AP. I mean, it was his 55th career game-winning drive, yet it was the shortest Ever in his career, 35 seconds, no timeouts, moved approximately 60 yards. Uh, and Tampa Bay, where I'm located, is breathing a lot easier. Again, I think he saved the season. We shall see. He certainly uh, looked like a young Brady, bounding up to the podium, uh, hugging Byron Leftwich and AP. It was... What everybody's just been waiting to see is they've had this rocky, rocky month of October. The Bucks and the Seahawks, AP, are pretty much the story of the year. I think if they voted today, Pete Carroll would be the coach of the year. And I think Geno Smith would be the minimum comeback player of the year. And, and maybe even better than that. Uh, so AP, it shapes up as a great game to open up uh, another uh another European venue, uh, besides England, Germany. Uh, fertile ground, I would say, A P for the NFL. So it's gonna be exciting.
2: Yeah, I think so, John. And Geno Smith, I was there when he was drafted, spoke to him at the draft, and he was disappointed. He was taken in one of the lower rounds and right. all the quarterbacks to have a, this ego that sometimes is asserted. Uh, thinking they should be the top quarterback selected. And I think hindsight years later, they're going to say, I wish I went to this team because I would have more protection to start my career. We would have more support over oh, the uh, cast of players that can uh, help me uh, win ball games." But they all want to be the first quarterback selected. To me, it's, sure, you're looking for beyond that moment. Um, but uh, like I said, that's what I remember about his draft, being disappointed. He was not the top quarterback uh, chosen, but it all oh, worked yeah. out for him. He, he survived uh, the ups and downs, being in the NFL, and C- Seattle was looking for a team and Pete Carroll. So it's, it's a good marriage so far.
1: It's great. I'm loving it. He, of course, was a quarterback at West Virginia, a team I used to cover, and he had an up-and-down career put him mildly and he's just matured so much. It seems a great interview these days. And, uh, yesterday I thought, you know, play against a good Arizona Cardinals team. Of course, you know, he threw a, a pick and it's kind of thing in the past may have rattled him, but he came right back, let him down the field. And, you know, they put, put another win away. And, uh, Again, Pete Carroll lived in the, when he coached the Patriots, lived in the suburban town outside Boston that I lived in. I'm a big fan. Met him and his wife on a couple of occasions and uh, around town, shall we say, and interviewed him when he was a coach at USC for a Boston Globe article that I wrote. So I am loving what Pete Carroll's doing this year. And it sure looks like they made the right decision, AP, with letting Russell Wilson go and You know, handing the reins to Geno Smith. At this point, it's easily one of the stories of the year in the whole NFL. Yeah, John. I mean, the
2: quarterback position is so important. And, you know, Russell Wilson has success in Seattle. And here he is moving to another team. And you're thinking, is it the right decision? Correct. You don't know. You're trying to project. You're trying to theorize. Well, you know why we should have another quarterback instead of Russell Wilson, and so far there's been some magic in the in the northwest
1: no doubt about it um, no it, again it, again, in my estimation, one of the stories of the year and uh yeah it's going to be uh just fascinating to see how this all turns out and uh Right now, I mean, I just think it's one of the games of the year. We'll, you know, have the Bucks woken up, and Brady in particular, and put, starting to put their problems behind them, and uh, are the Seahawks for real, and it's all going to play out in <laughs> Bavaria. <laughs> the <it's> Bavaria <laughs> section of Germany. Uh, I, I'm just loving it. I just think it's just going to be great. Um, so, That's why it's my highlight of the week for appointment viewing. Uh, Speaking of the NFL AP, Frank Reich just got fired here in the last hour, moments before we started the show today. He got let go after a historically low uh, appearance yesterday in Foxborough, um, where the... Patriots just rang them up, nine sacks, setting a Patriots franchise record. Anytime you set any record for the Patriots, it's a, it's significant. And Sam Ellinger, we talked earlier about Texas. He was the quarterback at Texas for, for yeah. what seemed like forever, actually. And uh, <laughs> and boy, right. he had historically low figures AP. I think his QB rating was like four. <laughs> when a good one yeah, is I out. Never, I never heard of anything like that, yeah. I never heard of anything me like either. I, I was startled. Um, and yeah. just, you know, historically bad offensive numbers. And, you know, Frank Reich took the head yeah. to take – he just took the fall, I mean. And it was sort of all kind of a little odd with Matt Ryan, uh, you know, having an injury to his shoulder and then he we're only going back a week or two here and uh, and then he was like quote bench for the season it, it was just seemed to be going off the rails a little bit you know bench for the season even though he was apparently going to be recovering soon from this injury it was just right. raised a lot of questions and uh, yes, today the axe fell
2: right yeah there was Once the owner makes the decision, the general manager, then they'll just make the
1: move. Well, that's it, AP. And we're not talking, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking Jim Mersey here. Uh, And he's been patient. I give him credit. You know, they've just never gotten it right out there in Indianapolis ever since Andrew Luck retired. I mean, they brought in Philip Rivers. Um, and who'd they have last year? Uh, oh, I'm not sure, John. I'm not sure, yeah. They, 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 it was another veteran quarterback, it didn't work out, and then this year it was mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, and uh, yeah, so it's just they, they just couldn't seem to get it right, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Frank Reich, I've always been a fan, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and But, you know, he just couldn't escape it this time. Uh, Yesterday was just, uh, again, historically bad uh, Mm -hmm. appearance by the Colts up in Foxborough. And uh, given their history, (laughs) um, you know, it just, I guess Jim Mersey just had to, felt he had to make a move and he did. So, uh, AP, we're down to our last minute here, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I talked about Brady being reborn yesterday, it felt like, and Aaron Rodgers seems to be disintegrating before our very eyes. Three picks yesterday, two red zone picks. It's crazy. Um, I can't believe what yeah. we're, we're all seeing. Yeah, when you get to that Super Bowl,
2: John, and you win one, uh, yep. I think there's the potential that a quarterback is thinking, this is fun, we'll be back again. And we'll of win course. it. Now, you may be back, but I don't know if you're going to win the ball game. So maybe that's the last we've seen of Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. And it could be making a run for a championship.
1: It could be. Way P, great job today. Loved your uh, perspective as always, and uh, appreciate you coming on. Hey, John, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.
0: Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week.